Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. I have been speaking to you on healing of damaged emotions in the last four weeks. The exception of last Sunday when we had Bishop Ziegler with us and wasn't that powerful. And I've talked to you about overcoming fear, overcoming worry, overcoming stress, quieting the noise in your soul. And today, I'm going to talk to you about overcoming anger. And in Proverbs 22, but verse 24 and 25, it reads as follows. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man do not go. Lest you learn his ways and set a sneer for your soul. Look, look up here just a minute. Buddy. You single ladies... You teenage girls, you praying for God to send the right man, just please uh, put this verse down in your Bible. Because if his own mama couldn't change him, don't you think marrying him is going to change him? Now I just made somebody mad because they brought him to church. Okay. <laughs> Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. And then Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you there is a righteous anger and there is an unrighteous anger but the whole subject of anger none of us have not failed to feel the effects of it point your hands in my direction would you for 20 seconds would you offer a prayer for me I covet it I need it and I want to be a blessing but the Lord must get the glory I pray for you come on begin to pray Father in the name of Jesus to God be the glory for the things He's doing in this service. I'm not here to point a finger at anyone in this house because when I point a finger forward, I have three others and my thumb pointing back at me. What I'm here to do, God, is to look into Your Word with the people of God. And we are to understand Your Word so we give no place to the devil in how we live out our walk with God. So God, I pray for fresh anointing upon me, fresh oil, fresh fire, impartation, inspiration. I pray for remembrance. I pray, oh God, for remembrance of the word to your people. That we will leave here on a higher level of testimony and glory for God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in his presence. I, I, I want to tell you a story I read some time ago to introduce this lesson overcoming anger. It goes like this. It seems that an elderly lady in Florida had done some shopping. Upon returning to her car, this elderly lady, she found four young men in the act of entering the vehicle, getting ready to drive away. She became furious. She dropped her groceries drew out her handgun from her purse, pointed it to them, and screamed, I have a gun and I know how to use it. Get out of the car. 
the four young men jumped out of the car and ran like madmen. The woman, now shaking like a leaf, nervous, picked up her groceries and got into her car. She was so shaken by the whole incident, she couldn't even get the keys, steady your hand to get the keys in the ignition. And she kept trying, and then suddenly she realized what happened. She was in the wrong car. Her car was packed, parked five spaces away. The woman drove to the police station and reported what happened. And when she did, the sergeant at the desk burst out in uncontrollable laughter as he pointed on the other end of the desk four young men who just came and reported a carjacking by a mad elderly woman described as white, five feet tall, with curly hair, carrying a large handgun. No charges were filed. I said in the first service, I'll say in this service, seem like everybody is packing because of the kind of world, angry world we're living in. Hey, the only thing I'm packing on this pulpit that could hurt you would be this pen right here. And, and the fact of the matter is, how we manage anger is crucial to success in our relationships and all that we do. Listen to this, and I know you know it, but you'll hear me repeat it. Anger can be helpful or anger can be harmful. Have you noticed that the world is an angry place? It seemed like the word rage, R-A-G-E, rage, has been used to describe all kinds of anger. All you have to do is pick up the morning newspaper or turn on the cable news network and you'll discover various manifestations of rage of all kinds of descriptions. For example, there is road rage. There is parking rage. There is air rage. Ask flight attendants and they'll tell you, pilots. There is pavement rage and jogger rage and bike rage and truck rage and cell phone rage and shopping rage and grocery cart rage and checkout line rage, of which I've had to ask, why do you have 20 checkout lines and two open? But anyhow, uh, I've even heard that there's such a thing as pew rage. Now, I haven't seen it here lately, and it's probably because we sold all our pews to another church and got rid of that rage and bought some chairs. And while it's a bit humorous, the introduction of this lesson, we are talking about a serious matter. And I want to give you a definition I found in my, in my study this week. It's a little bit lengthy, but it it's addresses the substance of the Word of God as it relates to the meaning of anger. Anger, as defined, is a strong feeling of displeasure, hostility, or indignation that results from a real or imagined threat, insult, frustration, or injustice towards ourselves or those who are important to us. Could you agree with that definition? And when I think about it, I have come to understand this thing about anger, that anybody can get angry. Can I get another amen? Moses, David, the prophet Jonah, and Jesus all had one thing in common. They all got angry. 
Listen to me, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Anger leaves tracks on the paths of life that are easy for anybody to find. One small spark of anger can start a raging fire that in an instant can consume a lifelong friendship. I'm preaching now. I don't know how it is in the world you live in, but I think we live in the same world. And I will tell you that there is a burning cauldron of anger running over in our society, spilling over in our schools, in our government, and even in our homes. Sometime back I found this statistic. More than 60% of the homicides in America are committed by angry family members. Most people know that the number one killer in America is heart disease. But it would interest you to know that the number one cause of heart disease is, you guessed it, anger. We are told that people who struggle with anger are five times as likely to suffer coronary heart disease than the average person. It is not good for you or for anybody else. As I look at this subject of anger, I have been, I've come to discover that there are five levels of anger, each one more intense than the other, that we need to understand. The first level of anger, we're told, begins with mild irritation. This stage is marked by some uneasiness. It's brought on by some unpleasant disturbance you may encounter. It may be a mild traffic jam. It may be trying to take care of noisy kids in too small an apartment or too small a house. Mild irritation. And then this can lead to indignation, a deeper level of intensity of anger. What is indignation? Indignation is a reaction to something that seems unfair or unreasonable. Indignation is kind of what happens at a sporting event when some fans in the stands feels like the referee has made a poor call and they'll throw out cans and bottles and such because they're indignant to what has been decided. The third level of anger is wrath. Psychologists say to us that wrath never goes unexpressed. No one restrains wrath. When your anger reaches this level, you have a strong urge to avenge, to fight back, to defend. Anger, we are told, and wrath especially, wears many faces, all of which are ugly. Can you say amen to that? Then as we move along these five levels, there's a fourth. Uncontrolled anger becomes fury. Fury introduces violence. It may include a momentary loss of control, even a temporary loss of sanity. In a moment of fury, we strike out against somebody else. Such is what is manifested in many cases of child abuse and domestic violence. Have you ever been in a public place like an amusement park or maybe more particularly for illustrative purposes, a grocery store when a mom is shopping with her children? And have you ever observed that a, the, a little child, maybe a little boy, goes, they're going through different sections of the store and they come to the candy section and his eyes light up and there's so much candy and, and boy, he just, he just like heaven to him. 
And, and you're standing there or nearby and, and you observe and, and, and the mother says, put that candy down right now. I told you that we're not going to buy that. And, and she goes on, I told you and, and just come right here right now. And you're thinking, pastor, doesn't a mother have a right to correct her child? Yes, she does. But that mother isn't correcting that child at that moment. She is manifesting anger and, and, and she's in manifesting fury at a little 10 cent piece of candy. And then the next level, the fifth level is rage. It's the most intense level of angry expressions. Rage, we are told, is the most dangerous form of anger. Experts say that a person filled with rage can commit murder while hardly realizing he or she is doing it. Psychologically, the person blacks out. In my study this week, I have discovered that there are four types of anger dealt with in the Bible that in our brief time together, I want to, I want to share with you. Let me give them to you first and then I'll elaborate on each of them briefly. First, there is sudden anger, spoke about in the Bible. S-U-D-D-E-N, sudden anger which has to be controlled. Secondly, there is sinful anger, that the Bible says sinful anger must be condemned. Thirdly, there is stubborn anger. Stubborn anger, the Word of God says, must be conquered, instead of it conquering you. And fourthly, there is sanctified anger. Sanctified anger is to be channeled, be angry and do not sin. Let's look at the first of the four. Sudden anger is to be controlled. So take these notes, please. I want you to observe, if you will, Proverbs 14 and verse 17. Here the word of the Lord says, A man of great wrath will suffer punishment. Pardon me, let me back up. Here it says, A quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of wicked intentions is hated. We already know that because we've experienced in our own lives what quick-tempered behavior can do. Can I get a witness? Now, we can blame our quick temper on a lot of things. Well, I'm just a redhead, and red-haired people just, uh, just have a hot temper. Well, I have no hair, and I got to fight temper too. Well, I guess it's just my Irish heritage. I'm Irish. And that's just the way we are. And then there are those who say, I can't help it. I was born with a short fuse. Well, like one preacher said, you may have been born with something, but it wasn't no short fuse because God doesn't make any short fuse babies. Yeah. I mean, when your baby was born and you went to the nursery... And held that little baby for the first time. Did you look at that little baby and say, You angry little thing. Why are you so angry? They learn to be angry. And you and I both know from whom they learn to be angry. If we can't control our anger. The bottom line is church. If we have a short fuse. We're going to do a lot of foolish things. When we lose our temper. We say things we know we shouldn't say. And we do things we are going to be sorry for later on. Proverbs 15 and 18, it's on the screen. Here's what the word of the Lord says. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays or prevents contention. 
That simply means that if you have a short fuse, you're always going to lose your temper. If you're walking around with a chip on your shoulder, waiting for somebody to knock it off so that they can irritate you, then you're going to leave a trail of hurt feelings and unhappiness behind you everywhere you go. Will Rogers said it this way. Will Rogers said, whenever you fly into a rage, you seldom make a safe landing. Go ahead and say amen. Chuck Swindoll said this years ago, he said, I got so angry that I gave him a piece of my mind and it was a piece that I couldn't afford to lose. So Solomon says, a wrathful man, meaning a hot-tempered man, stirs up dissension. Here's another verse. Write it down. Proverbs 18 and 13. There'll be a test. The devil will test you. But you can use these words. 18 and 13 says, He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. He's talking about jumping to conclusions. He's talking about you and I hearing a part of the story and it's only a part. And before we hear the other person's side of the story, we jump to conclusions. We take actions and do things before we know the whole story. And all we've done is made matters worse instead of waiting to hear the other side. Can I get an amen? I've had people come to me for pastoral counseling, for marriage, and only one spouse come. And if I'm talking to the wife and the husband didn't come, I'm thinking she's married to the brother of the devil. Then when he comes and she doesn't come, I'm thinking he's married to the sister of the devil. Because I'm jumping to conclusion, you can't have successful marriage counseling with one spouse. Can I get an amen? And you, if you're a boss, or you're a manager, or you're a supervisor, or you have more than one child and they get into anger, you cannot really resolve the problem without knowing the both sides. So Solomon says, do not respond to a matter before hearing all of it. Proverbs 19 and 19. Here's what the Word of God says about sudden anger needs to be controlled. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment. For if you rescue him, you'll have to do it again and again and again. Help me preach. Don't shout down so loud while I can't preach. And I know it's not one of those. I'm just teaching and I'm just having a moment with you there. Doctors tell us, church, that our temper consistently brings about physical symptoms in our body that ruins our health. You get in a fit of anger or rage or fury or indignation or for some people just mild irritation and your blood pressure shoots up. Not only that, your heart begins to beat fast. You get dryness of mouth and it can even bring about premature death. And not only does it bring about physical affliction in your body, but anger can cause... The loss of family and friends because things were handled prematurely. Can I get an amen? The penalty of our temper are many or the penalties are many. So the Bible says if you have sudden anger, you need to bring it under control. But how do you bring it under control, pastor? And it's not on the screen, but write this reference, James 1, 19 and 20. You control sudden anger because James says, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger or wrath. Did I get an amen there? 
And James 1.20, the following verse says, Neither give any place to the devil. So when you feel anger coming on, you need to find a place and recognize that you have a problem. Give me an amen. If you keep denying you have a problem with anger and temper and foul language and other behaviors related to anger, all you're doing is allowing it to cook and stew in you. And it is hurting you. You know, crockpots have their purpose. And it's, they have a good purpose. And my wife has a recipe that she uses with the crockpot where she puts a nice lean piece of pork loin... And turns it on early in the morning in the right kind of seasoning and water. And then later on in the day, she'll add the taters and the carrots and the onion. And it just, it just cock pots all day long. By the time dinner's come, she's fixed some rice and some other stuff. And that meat just falls right off that, that pork loin. And it makes a nice gravy. And I know you're going to go eat just a little bit. She hadn't fixed enough for all of us. I don't know if she fixed today. Uh, and the whole, the whole thing is, it, it's, just, it's just good. It's just good. But if you take anger and put it in you, and you have crockpot anger, and you let it stew and simmer and simmer and stew, all you're doing is cooking yourself. Ah, oh, somebody didn't hear me. Yeah, you think you're cooking that person who hurt you down the road. You think you hurt that person who cook, who came against you with bad words or stabbed you in the back and got the promotion that you wanted to get a few years ago. And you're thinking, boy, I'm just going to let this, this is anger. And it came back a sudden. All you're doing is cooking your joy and your peace because the Bible says that kind of anger is sinful anger and God can't bless you unless you say, God, help me and forgive me. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Well, pastor, I can't control it. Let me show you how you can. Have you ever gotten in a situation where your temper got out of control and, and, and you find yourself discussing this with your partner or your friend or somebody, but usually husband and wife is the illustration I'm kind of used to engage in a heated discussion and your voice gets louder and your words get a little more rapid and a little more damaging. Then all of a sudden the telephone rings. You pick it up and you go, hello. <laughs> oh yes, beautiful day, isn't it? You can control it. Give me a witness, somebody. The fruit of the Spirit, and Pastor Jeff has been preaching on Wednesday nights, and you're missing a powerful blessing if you're not here on Wednesday nights because the Word is preached. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, and self-control. You handle sudden anger by saying, I have the Holy Spirit in me, and one of His fruit is self-control, and I'm going to back up and say, help me, Holy Ghost. It wouldn't hurt for you to chill out a little bit too, by the way. Is that what this current culture uses, chill out, go chill? Oh yeah. Whatever it is, go wash the car. Go pray around the golf. I know your husband nudging you. Uh, just distract yourself. Move yourself away from the situation. Count to ten. For some of us, count to a thousand. And not by one hundred, two hundred, three hundred. I, I remember some time ago, a preacher, an evangelist, this is years ago in the other facility, he needed a place to preach on a Sunday night. When That's when we had Sunday night services and and he called me to ask me to come. And 
And I had had him come and preach for me before, and uh, he didn't do too well, and I didn't want him to come back, really, because I had to clean up a lot of stuff after he got through with his preaching and service, you know. And I, 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 but then there was a few years back, and I said, okay, Lord, I, you know, he wants to preach. He needs a place to preach. He called me, and, and, and we'll talk, so, I, so I gave him a date. And, and then before we hung up, he said, and one more thing, Pastor. I like to take up my own offerings. Well, I don't know. I know white people turn red when they get angry. We Indian people, I think we turn browner. But the brown started coming on. I said, my brother, that's not the way we do things at our church. I said, we give you an honorarium or if the offering's taken up for you, I take it up. Because... He said, but oh, he spiritualized it. He says, I don't want any blessing. I don't want him to take up offering before I preach because I want to be a blessing first. That all sounded real good. But what I knew is what I've seen happen to me before in other churches where folks will come in and they'll tell some sad story and about what they're doing over here and over there and take up a large offering for my people who come every week and give. And then I find out later on that a lot of part of that money goes towards that new house or that new car or that something else for them. And I do not want the people of God to be exploited. So I told him, sir, that ain't going to happen. Man, he got angry. And I, I, I said to him, and I thought to myself, I didn't call you for a place to preach. I don't need a place to preach. This is where I preach. It's already filled. I wasn't looking. I didn't call you. And I said to him, my brother, we better hang up the phone about right now before I say something I, I shouldn't say. And I said, goodbye, my brother. He got so mad, he called one of my superiors in the ministry and, and told him about me. I said, Lord, I ain't carrying that anymore. And it's been a few years now, and now we're friends, and we like each other, and we've been on different boards and committees. But he ain't coming back here to preach. I love him, but I, I wasn't born last night. I'll drink to that. Second, sinful anger is to be condemned. I just told you that sudden anger is to be controlled. Now I'm telling you sinful anger is to be condemned. Not all anger is sinful, but some of the anger that we experience is sinful. And this is how Jesus put it in Matthew chapter 5 verse 21. Look at what Jesus said. You have heard it was said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. Now this passage tells us some things about anger that helps us realize when our anger is sinful and when it's not. First of all, you got to ask yourself some, several questions. Number one, you got to ask yourself this question about whether anger is sinful or not. Is the anger I'm feeling directed towards another person? All of us born in our biological family that have siblings have a brother or sister siblings and they are of our biological family. But everybody born again in the family of God, we are also siblings, spiritual brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's why we call ourselves Brother David or Brother Will or, or, or Brother Jeff or Brother Alan or, or, or Sister Anne or Sister Sybil or, or Sister Sylvia because we are all in the kingdom of God and we are brothers. And Jesus said that if you're angry towards your brother or your sister and you harbor that anger and you come to church and you worship and you use your talent and you use your gift and you try to be spiritual, He is not going to bless that until it's reconciled and condemned and given up. Can I get an amen? 
Secondly, you have to ask yourself the question, is the anger I'm feeling without a justifiable cause? If we are angry and we don't have a legitimate reason for being angry, then the Bible tells us that that angry is sinful. If you're angry at your brother or your sister, that indicates that you're focusing your anger on a person. And that is sinful. We should never focus our anger on a person or people, but rather we should focus our anger against the sin they commit. Can I get a witness here? Look at Jesus. Jesus was never angry at people, but He was angry at their sins. Jesus had the capacity to look at Alan when he sinned and separate Alan from his sins and separate him from his anger, put his anger over here and Jesus was angry at my sins but he loved me and taught me and has forgiven me and that's what he wants you to do. Can I get an amen? To focus your anger at another person, especially a brother or sister in Christ, the Bible condemns it and calls it sinful. Let me ask you another question so that you'll know whether your anger is sinful or not. Is the anger that you have and feel, does it seek vengeance? Romans 12 and 19, the Apostle Paul says about anger, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So the third test of anger is this. Is it anger that seeks revenge? Are you always trying to get even? The Bible teaches us that God is the only one who has the right for vengeance, not us. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We don't have to repay it. God will make all things right. So if your anger is geared towards another... God condemns it, you need to condemn it, and God will take care of the inequity or the damage done by somebody else. Say amen, church. Let me, let me give you another question here. Is it anger that is cherished? On one occasion, Jesus met a man who was waiting by a pool by the name of Bethesda. It was a healing pool. But the nature of the healing of this pool was unpredictable. Many people sick and lame and otherwise in need would come and, and lie around this pool. And once a year or maybe once a quarter, or uh, it was unpredictable. An angel would come down, they believed, and stir up the water in the pool. And the first and only the first person to get in the pool would get healed. If the second person got in or a hundred people got in, they wouldn't get healed, only the first. And Jesus came to this man who had been by this pool waiting for his healing at the right time for 38 years. And he asked the man the question, do you want to be healed? Now why is that important? It's important because a lot of people enjoy being sick because they like the attention they get. Not me. I'm allergic to pain. And there's a lot of people who love being angry. They've been angry for years. Inside of them is a boiling mass of anger. And I, I got to tell you, if it's cherished, it's going to destroy you and others. Valerie's dad was telling me the other day, I was telling him I was preaching on the subject of anger. And he told me about his older brother, whose name was Gilbert. Her father's name is Charles. He's younger than Gilbert. And, and, and Gilbert is 
gone on to be with the Lord. He was 10, 20 years military chaplain in the Air Force. But while he was in grade school, they attended a school, and back then the principal was allowed by the parents to spank the kids if they misbehave in school. Matter of fact, in Trinidad, where I came from in 1968, not only was the principal allowed to spank the kids, but the, but the teachers were allowed to spank the kids if they didn't bring their homework or whatever. And I got one or two because of, uh, yeah. And uh, I remembered when, when we, we were coming to America, I was 11 years old. I didn't know nothing about the land of the free and the home of the brave and the Constitution. All, all I knew is we're going to America and teachers don't whip kids over there. Dad, let's go to America. <laughs> Gilbert Gann... He, he was a little bit larger than, than his brother Charles and, and he'd get into some scuffles with some of the boys on the playground. He'd get two or three whippings from the principal. And, and Brother Gann told me, Brother Charles said, the principal kind of took pleasure in whipping the kids. And Gilbert Gann said this to Charles about the principal whipping him. He says, when I get older, if I'm not saved, I am going to give that principal a whipping of his life. How many know that you cherish that anger? And how many know you can't backslide for five minutes to get even? Come on, help me out here. I'm going to backslide for about 30 seconds and I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. No, that is condemned by God. God will take care of it. You cherish His love, His grace, His mercy, and His peace. Give the Lord a hand clap. I'm hurrying. Here's the fifth question about whether your anger is sinful or not. Is it anger that has an unforgiving spirit? If you have an unforgiving spirit, that person who hurt you and didn't come and apologize, they're on their merry way. And there you are letting that poison of anger wake up with you every morning. Somebody says, I'll just sleep it off. No, you don't sleep it off. You sleep with it. Can I get a witness here? And the Bible says that if it's an anger that has an unforgiving spirit then you keep yourself from your prayers being hindered. Because the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Don't you let anything keep you out of heaven. Come on, somebody. Don't you let a bad temper. Don't you let somebody's words. You forgive them whether they apologize or not. Everybody's been hurt by somebody, but everybody can be healed by the Son of God. The third anger, if you will. Stubborn anger is to be conquered. Stubborn anger is the kind of anger that just stays there day after day after day. There is in the county of Fayette, Fayette pardon me, Coweta, the county of Coweta. I don't know why I, when I pray, I, I pray for Fayette and Coweta. When I pray for counties and then I have certain ways. But anyhow, there is a graveyard, a cemetery in our county. Where on the marker, the marble stone marker, are inscribed the names of the husband who is deceased, the date of birth and the date of departure, and the name of the wife who at the time I read this on their marker and tombstone, at that time the wife, they had her birthday but not her deceased date. But this is the epitaph on their marker for posterity and eternity. It read... These words gave so much, comma, got nothing in return. That tells me that there is a family or a man that died carrying hurt and pain that results from anger. 
I do not want you to remember me as a person that that harbored bitterness and anger and, and every Sunday I'm, out, I'm, I'm out pelting you with rocks claiming to preach the word of God. I'm going to tell you, God knows how much we gave and our gifts and calling will make way for us. We don't have to put our hurts on a tombstone that said gave so much and got nothing. If you're serving God and you're loving God and forgiving others, you allow that stubborn anger in the name of Jesus to be conquered by the blood of the Lamb. Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Mama, Ephesians 4 and 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, this is a kind of common scenario. I'm afraid too common than we realize. In American households, the husband come home from work. Something went wrong at work. He couldn't vent the boss or his peers. He comes on and he's carrying on a a chip on his shoulder, just waiting for somebody to knock it off. And here comes his precious wife. She's been working all day. And they get in this argument. And, and, and heated words begin to be exchanged. And now it really doesn't matter what they were arguing about to start off. And then he gets attacking her character. Well, you don't make biscuits like my mother used to make. And she says, well, you don't bring home the dough like my daddy used to do. And next thing you know, they get so angry, the argument continues all day. The sun goes down, nighttime comes. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. They get in bed. She faces the east. He faces the west. And there's a great Grand Canyon gorge in between them. Neither the twain shall meet. That's if he's lucky enough to get to sleep on the bed. Now, I'm not speaking from experience. I've just heard people say that. And uh, I just wanted to. uh, uh, Just wanted to hide behind this pulpit right here. By, By the way, by the way. I need to tell you, this pulpit that we're going to dedicate, this pulpit was mostly purchased by a donation from Trinity Assembly of God Church down the road. They brought us a check while they're building the school and they're building, they have so many students, they have to rent other places. They are in their own project, brought us a check for $5,000. And it, I said, it's going to go to the pulpit every time I see it. Can you give a Lord thanks for that kind of generosity? And I, I my wife helped me select it. It's got, it's kind of like a shield for me, you know, so that when the eggs and the tomatoes start coming, and I'm only teasing. The Bible says, do not, do not, you know, when you, when you go to bed with anger against your husband or your wife or your children, you open in the door of your house saying, welcome devil, you are, you are welcome to this house. Come on, come on and say amen. When you do that, when you, when you hold anger and you go to bed, now here's the advantage. You have more time in the summer to, to ask forgiveness than you do in the winter. In the winter, the sun, the sun sets about 6 o'clock. You got to about 9 o'clock if you're angry. Three extra hours to get it right. Praise the Lord. Oh, Lord, help me to mind my own business. I'm trying to find a... T- Ooh, help me, Jesus. Here's the solution. What is the solution, Pastor? The stubborn anger? The solution is Ephesians 4 and verse number 32. 31. 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away with all malice. Now 32. I think. And be kind to one another. Come on everybody. Read out loud to me on the count of three. Verse 32. One, two, three. 
and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Do you know where you get the power to do that? From God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And here's the last kind of anger as they come to the music that you, got, you and I, the Bible speaks about four kinds of anger. And this is the fourth. Sanctified anger must be channeled in the right direction for the glory of God. Because the Bible says there's a wrong anger and a right anger. Be angry and do not sin. Look at Mark Gospel chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. I want to read it. It's going to be on the screen. And let me show you how Jesus dealt with channeling anger. In Mark 3 and 1, the Word of God says, And he, Jesus, entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched Jesus closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Step forward. Then he said to them, the onlookers, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. Verse 5. And when he, Jesus, had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hands were restored as whole as the other. You know why Jesus was angry? Because of their stubborn hearts and their stubborn anger. Jesus was angry because they were more concerned about their religiosity and their sacrificial and uh, uh, sanctimonious is what I should have said, religion, than they were caring for the hurting. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. And Jesus is looking at him, and here's a man who's had a withered hand for ever how long, I don't know, but Jesus knew. And Jesus said to them in another passage, if your animal is caught in a ditch on the Sabbath day, you'll go find it and pull it out. Can I get an amen? If your animal on the Sabbath day, there's no work at all. No animal work, no harvest, no, no nothing, you rest. But Jesus said, you, you would go rescue a donkey in a pit or you'd rescue an oxen in a ditch. And here I am on the Sabbath giving a man wholeness that you couldn't give him and you're angry. And Jesus was angry at their hypocrisy. Now let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Maybe our church needs, and every church in America needs an infusion of the right kind of anger. We need to get angry at what God is angry about. We need to get angry at the corruption in the world. Give me an amen. At every level, somebody's looking to rip off somebody else. We need to get angry at the forces of evil in the world. God is angry at those who sin because of their sin. Terrorism and violence. We need an infusion of anger against pornography. Do you know that it is ruining marriages and families and creating an appetite for pedophiles? Hear me, church. Our Constitution and the Supreme Court says it's all right to have pornography on cell phones, on the Internet, in publications. And that is against the Word of God. We need to get angry in the right way. It's all right for you to clap. I'm hurrying. Fifty-five million babies since Roe versus Wade 
have been killed and murdered in their mother's womb and some outside their mother's womb while they were crying in the name of birth control they have committed this nation God will not forget that and we Christians must not stand aside I'm not telling you to be violent I'm not telling you to, to go hurt somebody God forgives anybody and he will forgive the one who had the abortion and bless them if they're sincere and he will even forgive the abortionists but it's really all about the money it's all about making money you don't hear the politicians crying out about abortion and about pornography oh I know it's quiet but I'm still preaching but God is angry and I may, if he didn't let Sodom and Gomorrah get excused for their homosexuality and lesbianism and for their adultery and their fornication, who tells me and you that God's going to turn his head and not judge America? We need an old-fashioned, sin-killing, Holy Ghost revival. Stand up to your feet if, if you are a believer in the house and give the Lord a hand clap here. Come on. God, we need to get angry at what you are angry about. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. I want the prayer team to come. And while they come, I want everybody's head to bow and eyes to close. And if you can just tarry with me another few minutes, God will cap off this message with peace for your soul and joy in your heart. You can exchange bitterness, wrath, clamor, malice, fury. You can exchange all that stuff, whether it happens once a week or once a month or every day, for the peace of God. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're not saved, maybe your issue is in anger, but your issue is that you're lost without God. And you will have to stand before a God one day who will bring back to your remembrance this sermon or other sermons or other opportunities where you had an invitation to come and know Jesus Christ and escape the fires of punishment. Jesus loves you as you are. And he wants this morning to write your name in this book of life and empower you to be a better man, a better woman, a better teenager, a better young adult, a better single mom or dad, a better senior adult. Pastor, I have issues and I'm, I know that if I die today, I wouldn't go to heaven. And God would have a right to tell me, sorry, I don't know you. Your heads about and eyes are closed. I will not ask you to come to the front and I will not have you singled out or embarrass you. But you can get saved right where you are. Say, that's me, Pastor. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hold it up just a moment. Thank you very much. You may put them down. Heads bowed and eyes closed. That was one group. Here's another group. Pastor, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. But I wrestle with a hot temper or anger or mild irritation, sometimes fury. I sometimes jump to conclusion, Pastor. And I just need that fruit of the Spirit called self-control. And other fruits in my life. I'm saved, but I need more help than I can help myself. Raise up your hands. I got both minds going up. Yeah, now put them down. Now everybody out loud. I want you to tilt your head like you're talking to the Lord up to heaven. And lift up your hands with me like you're reaching to touch the Lord. And say this prayer out loud with me. Here we go, everybody. Repeat after me out loud. Lord Jesus, I come to you 
with all my baggage. All my sins. I may hide them, but you know them all. Today, I confess that I'm a sinner. And I confess that I cannot save myself. Lord Jesus, wash me in your cleansing blood. Write my name in the book of life. I confess that you, Jesus, are the only begotten Son of God. Come and live in me. Empty me of every emotion and every feeling that is destructive. Help me to be forgiven and help me to forgive. Today, Lord, help me with self-control. And may I be a witness of your peace, your joy, and your love. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, for restoring me. And for delivering me, in Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together and give the Lord a thanks. Come on, sing my brother. Come on, come on, come on, give him thanks. Now, now this is how I'm going to close. If you need prayers for anything, okay, and this is not, to, if you need prayer for your marriage, for your finances, for your children, for somebody in prison, for somebody in the hospital, if you need prayer for anything, these people are here to pray with you. You just come somewhere and they'll meet you. This is how I'm going to dismiss, okay? And you just come, but, but uh, before you go, I want you to sing, sing this one, one time. I want you to raise your hands with me. Come on. Come on, sing it with them. Come on, before you go, come on. And if you need prayer, you can start coming now. Say this. Tell the Lord this is what you need. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.